You're listening to the new Mutual Audio Network. Welcome home. The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that all children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. Welcome everyone to the Sonic Society, the world's largest showcase of modern audio drama. I'm David Alt, sitting in for Jack Ward, who is recovering from last week's explosion in the penthouse. Well, Jack seems to be alright, a little ringing in the ears, but he's working with the construction folks to help rebuild the roof of the building. Apparently, as the orcs were helping, they had decided to cross the streams, and everyone knows you never mix modern electric wiring with eldritch energy from the 23rd dimension, it's just common sense really. But regardless, I'm here to set the society going this week, and it's a great episode. Beginning with Faith McQuinn's exciting series, Boom, episodes number one and two. Boom is a story about loss and recovery. Porter, a computer technician and outdoor enthusiast, must come to terms with the murder of his best friend, the love of his life, Genevieve. But no more spoilers. And after that double feature, we have another episode from 11th Hour Productions, this time Owen McEwen and Sarah Golding star in The Parsonage. And this triple feature all begins right here on The Sonic Society. Observer Pictures presents Boom, a serial drama podcast written and directed by Faith McQuinn. This is episode one first date. It's 4.30 on Friday at Music City Computers. The office is modest, just another space that sits in a strip mall. As per usual at the end of the week, all the technicians are in the office instead of on a call. Porter, a rather ordinary-looking man of 28, sits at his desk. One of his co-workers, Connie, sits across from him, packing up her backpack. Got any big plans this weekend? Going bowling tonight. That sounds downright fascinating. Date? I think so. Hmm, now I'm intrigued. It's with Jen. Jen. Jen? Yeah. Genevieve. Yeah. And you don't know if it's a date. Well... Porter, this is fantastic. I mean, not that you don't know it's a date, but that it might be. Harry, Porter's going out with Jen tonight. So? On a date. Wait, what? My man, you finally grew some balls. <laughs> Thanks, I think. Oh my god, you have to tell us all about it on Monday. I mean, as long as she knows it's a date, too. If my limited memory of bowling in college still stands, I think I have a chance of beating you. <laughs> There's a chance. And I thought I was rusty. <laughs> still my game. Not so fast, hotshot. I might pick up this spare. Maybe help a girl out? You don't need my help. Humor me. 
Okay, this is a pretty easy pickup. You just need to line up your foot with the pins. Like this? No, no, more like this, there. Now just keep your eye on the ball. Who suggested bowling again? Pretty sure that was you. All right, next time, remind me not to. Next time? Uh, uh, I mean, w uh, we could invite some more people if you want. Don't hurt yourself, Porter. I'd love to have a next time. You want to bowl another round? Nope. I'm hungry. Let's grab some food and make this a proper date. <laughs> huh. Could I get a water, please? Sure thing. How's work? Good. Steve is still trying to talk me into going back to school for my law degree. You should. Maybe. But I kind of like this level of responsibility, you know? I just I work my hours and get to go home afterwards. I guess that's true, too. Here's your burger. Oh, thanks. What about you? Any juicy client stories? No. A little slow lately. <laughs> What the hell, Porter? What? We've known each other for like 15 years. This is the first time you haven't been talking my ear off. Sorry? I'm still me. I know. Then stop being weird. Okay. So, what took you so long? What? What took you so long to ask me out? Even though I'm not even sure you did that exactly. I guess you did. Hey, Jim, would you like to go bowling this Friday is kind of like asking me out, but not really. That's not what I said. Hopefully you're a little slicker with the ladies than that. Funny. I thought so. This felt different, though. It was definitely different for me. It's a good difference. Yeah. had a great time tonight. I thought you might laugh or something. What do you mean? We totally laughed tonight. No. Why it took me so long to ask you out. Why would I laugh at you? I don't know. Do you want me to walk you up? No, I'm good. I mean... Now who's being weird? Sorry. Do you want to come up? I'm pretty sure I have some of that beer you hate. That's cool. Probably a good idea to just call it a night. Breakfast tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. I guess I could come up. Porter. <laughs> Nine work for you? Nine what? Nine in the morning. Breakfast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nine's good. I'll see you in the morning. See you in the morning. <laughs> so there, Connie. She knew it was a date. Oh, Porter, if you were going to text me, you should have just come up. What was that? Hello? I have a knife, do you hear me? And I I'm calling the police! Help! Help! 
Hey, Jen, I'm here. Jen. I'm, I'm coming in. Hope you're decent. Jen, did you hear me knock? Are you ready? Sorry I'm a little late. Of all the things Porter expected to greet him this morning, this was not on the list. Genevieve, with her brilliant red hair piled in a loose bun on top of her head, sits up very straight, arms in her lap. Tears run down her face, and her entire body trembles, because strapped around her torso is a vest with a neat bundle of wires attached to small square gray packs. A suicide vest. Jen, what the hell is this? What? I'm, I'm so sorry. No, you didn't. I, I, he was here in the apartment when I got home. I, I, can't, I just woke up here. I wish I could have called you, but I couldn't. I couldn't. I'm sorry. Sorry. Stop saying that. Who wouldn't let you? Who did this? I, I can't. But now I have time to do things I love while Roby does the work for me. Genevieve can't remember much. She'd been fighting through layers of consciousness for hours. She woke to find herself on the sofa with the television on, her hands and feet bound, no strength to struggle. He was crouched in front of her, holding her phone, a ski mask covering his face. His focus on the task at hand. I know who you are. Why the mask? What do you want? Why did you get me? Attachment is made of state-of-the-art Sherlock fibers, which grab I, I, I can't think with the damn TV. Don't touch the remote. Please just don't change. Don't do anything, Porter. Please, just call. I'm calling the police, okay? <laughs> Shit, no signal. You must have lost. Jen, I'm gonna have to go outside to call the police, okay? Okay, okay, that's good. You, you should go. Only for a moment. Porter, no. You need to go. This, this is my fault. You shouldn't be here. No, I'm not leaving you. Porter, you need to go. You know who did this, don't you? Genevieve, tell me! I won't let him hurt you. You can't be here. Go, please! Jen, you're my best friend. I love you. I, I love you. I would never leave you like this. So, I'm going to walk outside and call the police. Or, or the fire department or whoever the hell can get you out of this. Less than a minute, and I'll be right back. But Give me your hand. You feel that? Yeah. That's me. I'm here. I'm not going far. I'll be right back. I swear, I'll be right back. Join us again next week for another episode of Boom.
This episode featured the voices of Garrett Delosier as Porter, Charity Spencer as Genevieve, Paige Delosier as Connie, David Hiller as Harry, and me, Michael R., as the narrator. Production sound, Matthew L. Hankins. Assistant director, Amanda Lorraine. Sound design, Joshua Sui. Original music, Brian Irwin. Editing, Faith McQuinn. Sound mixer, Michael Bowers. Production assistant, Delilah Ferrer. Casting, Courtney Edwards. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and consider giving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. For more information on the show, including a full list of cast and crew, and where to find us on social media, please visit boom.observerpictures.com. Thank you for listening. Hi, I'm Faith McQuinn, the creator of Boom, and I want to talk to you about supporting us. Everyone in the Boom family knows that this show exists because of listeners like you. And I, along with the cast and crew, want to make sure to give you the best quality show possible. Becoming a member of Patreon will help ensure that. As a patron, you'll get all kinds of goodies, including exclusive episodes, discounts at our Teespring shop, plus an invitation to a quarterly chat with me and other cast and crew members. And it all starts at $2 a month. Just $2. So please visit boom.observerpictures.com and click on Become a Member to join today. Observer Pictures presents Boom, a serial drama podcast written and directed by Faith McQuinn. This is Episode 2, Aftermath. So at 4.45, I kid you not, Ben walks over to my desk and throws down a stack of papers at least two inches thick. I need you to go through this for my case Monday morning. (laughs) Who the hell does that? As if it hadn't been sitting on his desk all day. (laughs) Wait, is Ben the Fred Savage looking guy? No, that's Elliot. Ben is the new guy who thinks I'm his personal secretary. I've set him straight. Did he do the paperwork? He did the paperwork. (laughs) Uh, uh. Are you going to eat the rest of this? Oh, go ahead. So, do you have plans Friday? No, you want to do something? Well, yeah. I was thinking we could go bowling, maybe? Who's all coming? Just you uh, and, and me. Oh. All right. Sounds good. Got a pull. Twenty-eight year old male in an explosion. Possible collapse lung. BP and O2 stats unstable. Jen! Jen! Take it easy, Mr. Owens. You need to lie back down. (laughs) Who are you? Where am I? You're in the hospital. I'm Charlie, your nurse. You were in an accident, Mr. Owens. Porter, I need you to lie back down. 
We don't want to pull out your IV. What happened? Let me get your doctor. I'll be right back. <sighs> Go ahead and lie down. Porter lies staring at the ceiling, trying to figure out how long he's been here. His vision is a bit blurry. He raises his hand to feel his face. It's swollen and numb. There is something in his arm. An IV. His left leg is in a full cast. There are bandages tightly wound about his head and torso. He can just make out familiar voices in the hall. He tries to sit up, but the pain is too much this time. Porter! Oh, dear God, you're all right. Oh, God, oh, God, I'm sorry. Look at you. I can't believe you're all right. He's hardly all right, Hannah. Dad? It's good to hear your voice, Porter. What are you two doing here? We came as soon as we could. You were in a coma. I was so worried. (laughs) How long? Three days. Jen, Genevieve, is is she... Porter, let's not talk about that right now. Mr. Owens, it is nice to see you fully back with us. I'm Dr. Dill. How are you feeling? I've I've been better. I would say so. You have two broken ribs and three cracked. That's why moving around probably doesn't feel so good. You broke your left femur. That was a clean break. But your tibia was a compound fracture. That means the bone broke through the skin. We reset the leg, and it should heal nicely. We were mostly concerned about your head injury. You had cerebral edema, brain swelling from the fall. You were breathing on your own, but you were in a coma for roughly 30 hours. You've been in and out of consciousness since then. Do you remember anything? Fragments. (laughs) Well, that's all right. Memory loss is common. If everything checks out, you'll probably get to go home soon. Of course, you'll need someone to stay with you. We'll be here for as long as he needs us. Good. That's good. Physical therapy is going to be a must, Porter. We may have set that leg, but you won't be able to use it for a while. You'll be in a wheelchair for a few weeks until your ribs heal properly. Okay? How long before I remember everything? Well, some patients never do. Sometimes it can all just come back or trickle in. It's really hard to say. Is there anything I can do to... You know, make myself remember. Um, well, uh, sometimes just a familiar voice or associated memory can trigger other lost memories. But you shouldn't focus on that right now. You do need to get better, all right? I'll come back and check on you soon. Just get some rest. I remember crying. That's all I have right now. I remember her crying. I don't want that to be the only thing. (laughs) Can you guys tell me what happened? Did the police, anybody, tell you anything? We we don't have all the the details, but... We don't uh, need to talk about that right now. You need to rest. Mom, don't. (laughs) Go ahead, Dad. We we, we don't have all the details, but the... uh, The explosion threw you down the stairs, and that supposedly saved you. And Jen? (sighs) Of course not. I'm I'm so sorry, Porter. 
She uh, she said he. I think uh, I think maybe she knew who did it. I should have stayed. I should have. I should have stayed. Maybe I, maybe I could have. Sweetheart, God. sweetheart, it's gonna be all right. It might not seem like it now, but it will be. I'm sorry to interrupt. I'm Detective Haley. Is there a chance we can speak for a few minutes? Now is not a good time. Of course. Of course. But, Porter, if there's anything you can share right now, Can this wait? Mom. Dad. It's cool. Can you give us a minute? Are you sure? It's fine. I'm fine. Detective, I'm I'm not exactly the most reliable right now. I I can't remember much. That's all right. Just whatever you can remember will be helpful. Can you tell me about that morning? Well, we were going to have breakfast and um and I I got there. She was I don't remember exactly, but the TV was very loud. She was she was crying. She was very, very upset. I, I think she told me I shouldn't be there. And she said something about he. He said I shouldn't be there. He who? I, I don't know. I just remember her saying he. I, th- I think, I think she knew who did it. Okay. Anything else, Mr. Owens? What about the night before? We we went bowling and ate dinner. And I took her home. And she went up to her apartment. I went home. Did you talk to her after that? No. Well, maybe. Not, not that I can remember right now. I'm sorry. I don't think this is working. Okay. This is a good start. We can speak again when you're feeling better. Thank you, Mr. Owens. On Thursday afternoon, hours after leaving the hospital, Porter sits in a wheelchair in an interrogation room at the Metro Nashville Police Department. The room smells of stale sweat and burnt coffee. It's brightly lit and cold. Detective Haley stands in front of him. He didn't notice the first time, but now he sees that she's tall and muscular, and probably intimidating if need be. Right now, Porter doesn't find her intimidating as much as he finds her annoying. So, before that morning at the apartment, the last time you'd seen Miss Reynolds was the night before? Oh my god. Yes, I drove her home. How many times do I have to tell you this? You were on a date with Miss Reynolds? We went bowling and then got dinner. So yes... Yes. I I have no idea why that matters, but yes. Did you talk to her after dropping her off at home? Again, I remember that I sent a text saying goodnight, but no, I did not technically speak with her. Did you see her go into her apartment? How much longer are we going to be here? I'm due for my meds. I just need you to answer the questions, and then you can go. I have answered your questions, every one of them, today and at the hospital. Why am I still Calm here? Calm down, Mr. Owens. Did you or did you not see Miss Reynolds go into her apartment? No. 
I didn't wait until she went to her apartment. Do I wish I had? Yes. Do I wish I'd just parked the car and walked her to her door? Definitely. But I didn't. She got out, I started the car, and I went home. Straight home? No, I stopped at a gas station down the road. And that's when you texted Miss Reynolds? Yes. Did she answer the text? No. Did you find that odd? A little, but it was late. Maybe she was getting ready for bed and didn't see it. I, I don't know. You seem to be remembering far more today than you did at the hospital. My doctor said that I might get more memories back. They've been trickling in, especially when I went back home. You live alone, correct? You already know this. So no one can verify if you were home between 1 and 8.30 a.m. Again? No. You said that you didn't go up to her apartment. Why not? What? Why didn't you go up to Miss Reynolds' apartment? You were on a date. You two were old friends, known each other since... since high school. This wasn't your typical first date. Did something go wrong? No. So why wouldn't she invite you up for a nightcap or something more? <laughs> oh, I get it. You think I did it? Did you, Mr. Owens? No! I told you there was a guy. Someone she might know. Plus, why would I blow myself up? You didn't. Have you seen my wheelchair? I beg to differ. <laughs> Maybe you messed something up. Maybe the bomb went off early. You said you had to leave to call for help. So because I wanted to call for help, I'm guilty now. Wow. There wasn't a phone to use? No, detective. Jen just had her cell, and I told you that I couldn't get a signal. <laughs> okay, so I did it. What's my motive then? You've been interested in Miss Reynolds for years. Obsessed, maybe. She finally gave in and went out with you, but it didn't go as planned, so you... So I snuck into her apartment, drugged her, and strapped her with explosives. Then I come back later to pretend to help her? <laughs> yeah, that seems legit. How did you know she was drugged? Because I was there! I saw her! Okay, okay. Fine. Let's just move on. What's your degree in, Mr. Owens? Engineering. Specifically? Mechanical engineering. What is it you do for a living, Mr. Owens? I'm a computer technician. So you build computers? <laughs> yes. So, would it be hard for you to build a bomb? Technically, no. Technically? I'm not a pyrotechnician. My exposure to bombs is watching speed too many times. Do you know anyone who could make a bomb? So now I have an accomplice. Just covering all the bases. You've been questioning me for over an hour. I think your bases are covered. Then help me out. Who do you think did this? I don't know! If I knew, I would tell you in a heartbeat. But it's someone she knows. Knew. Someone she knew. Did she say that? No, but she said she wouldn't let him hurt me. When did she say this? I don't, I don't know. After I called 911, I think. Okay, but you said your phone wasn't working. I'm, I mean, after I tried to call 911. We've been in here for over an hour, Mr. Owens, and you're just now telling me this? I told you about her knowing the guy, but the specifics, it's all a little fuzzy, you know? Supposedly being thrown down a flight of stairs, we'll do that to you. Can you think of anyone who would want to hurt her like that? No. No one. All of our friends are pretty low-key. I've met nearly every guy she's dated. No one stands out as... Hell. 
How would I even know? Isn't that your job, detective? <clears throat> okay. Now I've told you everything. And unless you're arresting me, I'd like to go home and take exorbitant amounts of painkillers. Please stay close to home, Mr. Owens. We may need to speak again. No problem. I have nowhere else to go. Join us again next week for another episode of Boom. This episode featured the voices of Garrett Delosier as Porter, Charity Spencer as Genevieve, Wendy Keeling as Detective Haley, Stephanie Hall-Weedan as Mrs. Owens and Nurse Charlie, Peter Aylward as Mr. Owens, and me, Michael R. as the narrator. Production sound, Matthew L. Hankins. Assistant director, Amanda Lorraine. Sound design, Joshua Sui. Original music, Brian Irwin. Editing, Faith McQuinn. Sound mixer, Michael Bowers. Production assistant, Delilah Ferrer. Casting, Courtney Edwards. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and consider giving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. For more information on the show, including a full list of cast and crew, and where to find us on social media, please visit boom.observerpictures.com. Thank you for listening. Ms. Fox, I don't want to assume. Far be it for me to misgender a fox. What you doing out here? Hey, there's your buddy. Why are you guys coming so close to the house? Well, I really want to feed you guys, but I know it's a bad idea. You're not supposed to think humans are a good thing. Still, I got a Wawa egg sandwich. You like sizzling? You like scrambled eggs? A little bit? There you go. Who's a pretty, pretty fox, fox? <laughs> What's this, pray tell? What hath our human supplicant brought us by way of offering? Is it a juicy roast lamb? Nay, tis a mere hunk of scrambled egg. Fie, fie on thee, rude biped. Yeah, I know. It's egg. No big deal. It's not a nice, juicy steak. You want something hot and juicy to sink your fangs into, huh? Chomp, chomp, chomp. All right, tell you what. I'm going to go inside now, and you two, keep, keep the local mouse population down, all right?
if this is a telemarketer, please put us on your do not call it. Hi, mom. Yeah, I'm here. Yep, just got to the house. You know, you can always call my cell. I know the signal's bad in the valley, but you can always leave a message. You know I'll call you back. Of course you don't like it. You've only been there a few days, mom. Nobody said they had to stay in the nursing facility forever. Just, just till you're feeling stronger. I know. Listen, this is really important. Can I just tell you something? I picked up your mail. Yes, I will definitely bring it to you, but there, here's one really important thing. The cable company sent a letter. That's right, Mom. You do have cable there. You have your movies. But remember, we had them turn off the cable here at the house. Just until you get better, Mom. We don't want to be paying for cable at the house if you're not using it, right? I know. It's so expensive. But listen, we have to return the old cable boxes, and it says here that you have seven of them. Of course. Of course not. But we have to return the equipment, otherwise they're going to charge us $500 for each box. No, Mom, you're right. No, I don't have that kind of money either. So listen, while I'm cleaning up around here, I need to find the cable boxes and return them. I'm just sorting, Mom. I promised you, Mom, I won't throw anything away. All I'm doing is, well, clearing some pathways, you know? Well, some of these piles, I want to make sure nothing falls. Mom, I have to make sure that you can exit the house easily in case there's a fire. And the bathrooms, yes, especially. Okay, so not sure where all the cable boxes could be. I'll find them. I'm just going to sort through a few things. I promise. But I do have to find these cable boxes, and it's... Mom... Hey, Mom, it's 5 o'clock, isn't it? Isn't Eyewitness News on? You're right, he does look like Sidney Poitier. I know, I like him too. And I don't want you to miss him, Mom. Yep, best news anchor since Jim Gardner. Uh, okay, I'll call you later. I love you, Mom. Mom, I love you. What am I going to do with all this stuff? Oh, for crying out loud. kitchen stuff here. Let's put um, office supplies here. I guess Mardi Gras beads are jewelry, so let's put them here. Postcards. Huh. I guess I can put it with mail or family pictures. Do I have a box for that? What the hell? Okay. This is a fork. It goes with kitchen stuff. This is a a University of Wisconsin Badgers onesie. Why does she have this? Gonna need a pile for clothing donations anyway. This is a paperclip. Office supplies. Vanilla scented candle. Okay. Ceramic ballerina. Why? Okay. Let's make a pile for allegedly decorative stuff, which is good because this is a... Oh, God. Jeez, what the hell? 
Oh. Yeah, oh, Lee, I'm sorry. Yeah, just give me a second, okay? I'll be right there. surprise you yeah actually you did surprise <laughs> Sorry, me hi yeah. lee how are you yeah oh well you know i've just been so busy with the new semester and <laughs> i'm sure you can guess how much undergraduates hate to prepare for midterms <laughs> mm, i'll bet <sighs> see i should think since i teach at an ivy league university the students might actually enjoy studying but no no, 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 they're just as irascible as kids at any state school. Well, who would have guessed? <sighs> so yes, luckily, today is my work-from-home day. And uh, since I made full professor last spring, now I only have to teach two days a week. So, yeah, get more time to work on my new book for Columbia University Press. That's exciting. Yeah. Could you... Oh, did something fall. <laughs> I'm just going to shut this. Anyway, I was up next door looking out my study window at the nice green valley here. Ah, I guess it's starting to turn gold, isn't it? And I saw the kitchen light on and your car in the driveway, and I said to myself, as you do. You've been writing about the societal pressures, historic factors and chemical complexity of bad diets, citing academic resources but providing an accessible text that even the, the layman can appreciate all day long. You deserve a little break. And since I knew it was you, I thought I'd come down and see how things were going. That's very kind of you, thanks. I mean, I knew it had to be you. <laughs> Nobody else has a... A car like that. Well, I like to think of it as a collector's item. <laughs> oh, you're so funny. But seriously, if, um, well, if I'd seen any other car here, I, I wouldn't have come down. Oh, which reminds me, I wanted to tell you, there was a truck in the driveway yesterday. Did you know yeah. that? A truck? Mm, mm -hmm, yes, a grey pickup. Pulled up alongside the house. This fellow got out, probably a... Mm, Caucasian male, about six foot, with a plaid fennel work jacket and a cap. He loaded up some firewood from your pile, walked around a bit, looked in the windows and left. Yes, I, I took a photo, but unfortunately, I couldn't get a clear image of the licence plate. Sorry. Unbelievable. Yeah. People are so awful, right? Well, if he needed the firewood so badly, he could have asked. What kind of person does that? Someone who's cold, apparently. Chris, he stole your firewood. Yeah. Took just enough so I wouldn't notice and call the cops. Look, it's not the firewood that bothers me. It's the trespassing. I must have been desperate. You are so nice. No, that's what they tell me. <laughs> no, I mean it. You're really, really nice guy. I... Do my best. How long have you been taking care of your mum? That's mm. been a while. I don't, don't like to think about it. Mm. Yeah, it's just been your, your whole life, haven't you? No, not necessarily. Yes, I'm so sorry to hear about your mum. Thank you. Mm. I'm sorry How about she? it too. She's in a nursing facility. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the fall was. Um, it was a real wake-up call, so to speak. Mm, yeah, well, I'm sure it was. So, yeah, she's not happy, but 
The way I got her to agree to it is that when she feels stronger, when she's made some progress, when she's okay living independently again, <laughs> she can come back. Yeah. yeah. Did you think that's that's really going to happen? Or? I'd really like to think that my mom could get well enough to take care of herself again. Do you? I'd really like to think that. <sighs> well, do you want this picture of the guy in the truck? Or? No. Gives me the creeps. <laughs> well, are you sure? What if he comes back? I don't think he's... I mean, my husband said we should call the cops, and I, well, I said by the time they get here... We... For some moldy firewood? Oh, you think it's moldy? Well, it's not worth calling the cops over. When you live in the woods, trees fall. No, yeah, but that was a good pickup truck, too. I mean, he didn't seem destitute or anything. You really. should probably exchange phone numbers anyway. Mm, oh, absolutely, yes. I mean, if you see something going on down here, you can just call me. Mm-hmm. Of course. Let me just get my phone. Um... So, how has the, um, the clean-up been going? Oh, it's fun. It's like a treasure hunt. <laughs> really? <laughs> how fun. Where's my phone? Oh, do you want me to call it? See, this sucks because... Oh, how long have I been here? What, five minutes? Mom and I are both, well, uh, bitten by the same bug, I guess. What do you mean? We both um, get distracted easily. Every single day is like a hidden object puzzle game. Oh, oh, those games, they, oh, they just steal your attention, don't they? Well, not if you have a system. I don't play the paid versions, just the free one. After a few minutes, the ads annoy me so much, I delete the game. But those hidden object games, those are like... Well, you can see here, it enhances your skill at finding a needle in a haystack. See, here's my phone. Mm. Here, here's my number. Text me. Yeah, I mean, I'm just so busy. I mean, I, I have a PhD in nutrition and anthropology, and... Yeah, you mentioned all that. All those internet time wasters seem to be targeted at people who are, you know... Yeah, I have to use all those internet time wasters, so I... You know how they work. That's a waste, isn't it? Well, not if you write clickbait. Well, you write clickbait. <laughs> really? I create text-based oh. video and audio content which engages, retains, and rewards users for continuing to provide a steady stream of personal data to internet platforms. Sounds positively evil. <sighs> well, so is capitalism, but what else are you going to do with a degree in poetry? I, I didn't know you were... Uh... You never asked. Mm. Not everybody toots their own horn. You know, I've never really seen much of the inside of your mum's house. How, how long did she? How, how long has she lived here? Oh, jeez, I don't know. I'm bad at math. Um, mm. We moved here when I was ten. The house was basically a shell. My parents got it for a song, and oh, was that when the Vandenberg estate was first? Yeah, the estate got subdivided. My parents got in on the auction. They had no idea that the bidders yeah. on the big house and the so barn were developers. Mm. It was pretty sneaky. They stripped all the old fixtures, the wood, glass, everything. Sold the parts, knocked down the foundations, built the condominiums. God, they probably got their investment back a hundred times over. But the developers, they didn't bid on the parsonage. Hmm? How'd you know that's what they called it? Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe your mother mentioned it. Well, this house was just called that. It was never really a parsonage. 
As I thought that... The developers didn't want to bid on these two houses because they're too close to the creek. Too expensive to keep dry, the soil was too rocky, the trees weren't rare enough to be valuable for lumber. The houses went cheap. That's not Look, true. The Vandenberg family was never a big deal. They had a fancy-sounding name, but the dad changed his middle name to Biddle so people would think he was old Philadelphia royalty. They just knew how to make people think they were a big deal. Donating to charities, marrying their cousins, weird white Anglo-Saxon Protestant stuff like that. When they decided to subdivide the estate for auction, they named the properties things that they thought would sell. Nobody would want a house called the Servants' Quarters, so instead they called it the Carriage House because it was close to the old road. Mr. Pappas bought your house, and he and his daughters restored it to its late federal, early Georgian glory. Yeah. I mean, when we bought it, the Pappas sisters had very strong opinions about the roof, for example. Well, if you'd ever seen Eliana Pappas swing a hammer, you'd know why. So why did they call this house the Parsonage? Well, you know how foxes have that white collar and bib in their fur? They were trying to make people think of how a colonial parson wore that white ruff and jabot since there were so oh, many of them. Those foxes. Yeah, they're cute, right? Cute. All these animals, are they're just so destructive. They are? Mm. Yes, when my husband and I moved out to the country... The suburbs. It was logical culmination of all our research and study to live deliberately, yes, to grow our own vegetables, raise our own chickens. I mean, I have a PhD in nutrition and anthropology, so... Yep. Yeah. But it's been so challenging. Well, yeah. Do you know, I got out of my car last night to find that one of those foxes had, you know, in my driveway. Mm. It left its uh, left its excrement. Really? Mm, yes. And how do you know it was fox excrement? Because I saw it. Uh, it has that smell, that musk. And I, I looked down the hill and I could see it. Yeah, there it was, just staring at me. It was as if it had drawn a line along the edge of the property and it was just daring me to come closer. Its eyes were just, just glowing, you know, very sinister. Is that because of your headlights or were you shining a flashlight in its eyes? I mean, these, these animals are just... Ugh. The deer attack our garden and eat the vegetables. <laughs> we built a, a deer-proof fence, but, oh, no, they find a way. The rabbits, the same thing. I, I know, you've seen that huge groundhog, right? Oh, Admiral Montgomery Scott? You, you named him. <laughs> How could you not name him with a walk like that? Oh, I'm sorry, I have to have a sense of humor or I'll go crazy sometimes. You know, your mum's lucky to have you to help her. That's very kind. No, I mean it. I mean... I had to clean out my parents' house, too. So. It is a trying life stage for many adults. Now, for me, of course, it was uh, it was really hard because, you know, my, my father was dead. So I had to talk with a lawyer and I had to call the auction company and I had to talk through the staff and uh, it was just, well, you know. Yeah, I know. Tiring. But it doesn't have to be, you know? I mean, a lot of realtors these days have a deal with clean-up companies. So they can come in, clean the house out, and just get rid of it and stage everything and sell the house before you have time to even think about it. Yep, I've heard about this. Yeah, I mean, it can be such a relief. Yep. I mean, look at this. All these dishes she has. I mean, who 
would ever need these many plates. <laughs> Somebody who has a big family and lots of friends. What is this thing, anyway? A record turntable. Yes, I know that, but why does your mother still have it? <laughs> For listening to vinyl record albums. Uh, this music is weird. Why are you listening to it? I don't know. I like it. I just put a bunch of records on and let it go. Mm. You know, you really could just have an auction house come through and take care of all of this for you, Chris. Just... My mom wants to be able to make some choices about what we keep and what we mm. don't. Still, I mean, you, you could make this so much easier if you, you know, could just... it's starting to get dark outside, and that's a long trot uphill for you, and, and I have to find well, these cable boxes. okay, well, don't let me keep pure, but if you need any help... Hmm? I'll, I'll raise a white flag. Oh, it's such a shame, because, you know, a year ago I told your mother that friends of mine wanted to buy the house. Hmm. What did she say? Well, I don't think she understood what I meant, you know. My mom's deficits are physical, not mental. Well, she said, you just want to build your own little empire here, don't you? Huh. <laughs> uh, uh. It's just such a, a crazy thing to say, isn't it? Is it? Mm. Well, I mean, look around. <laughs> Who has seven cable boxes? <laughs> this house was a shell when my parents bought it. We spent years fixing it up. My dad was repairing the gutters when he died of a heart attack. I think my mom's allowed to express strong feelings mm. about her... Home. Anyhow, I'd better get going. At least one of us here has a deadline. <laughs> Please, don't let me keep you. This is such a gorgeous house. and This must be hard for you. You've no idea. I mean, it's a real shame, really. Our friends wanted to buy it, but, well... They went ahead and bought another house. So. Well, there's no reason they should wait around to buy a house that's not for no, sale. Still, I mean, they, they have a family, you know. This Lee, I'm standing in a corner right now, and a minute ago I wasn't, and that makes me very uncomfortable. Now, what's really going on here? You know what? All right. It is uh, getting a little late, so... Sorry, I'm just very tired. You have my number, so... Uh... Yeah, and you have mine. I need a drink of water. Mm. Oh, of course, yes, so... Because you know, I've had plans for this house, too. But, because uh, it's so much maintenance. You... Yeah, it's 230 years old. I've gotten really good at replastering walls. Mm. But... It would be just a shame if the condominium community wanted to, to creep over this way, wouldn't it? They won't. Oh, those foxes. They're real enthusiastic when they want to be. Oh, now, that reminds me, at the risk of being repetitive... There's no risk of that. Uh, you know, these bloody animals, they're destructive and they're dangerous, aren't they? I mean, deer, deer can cause accidents out on the old turnpike road. And the, the rabbits, the groundhog, if they're running across the road at night, they can, you know, cause accidents. And, oh, these foxes. They, ultimately, these bastards all carry ticks and lice and fleas, rabies and other diseases. I mean, they're just, they're just not good, are they, Chris? So, 
I think we're going to have to start culling the herd now if you expect this house to sell any time within the next two years. We? Now, I have a humane trap you can borrow, but that only does so much good. What I'd recommend is to have my husband set up a deer stand near one of the trees closer to the creek. A what? A deer stand? Yes, that way, when they go to get a drink, he and his friends can just, you know, take them out. I don't like guns. (laughs) What do you think we are? Rednecks? (laughs) My husband is a crossbow hunter. Yes, Yes, he has a a PhD in anthropology. Him too? (laughs) Jeez, they're giving out those PhDs in anthropology to everybody. Mm. (laughs) Oh, very funny. Thank you. You're doing it again. What? Can I get to my sink, please? Oh. You're blocking me, and I'm pretty thirsty. (sighs) Something we could set up a deer stand at the edge of our property. If he kills an animal on your property legally, he'd have to, you know, ask you before he could field dress it and collect it. You know, really, he should be having a chat with the animal. Right. I'm going to go. But, um, Chris, I need you to take this very seriously. If we don't cull the herd and harvest these animals within the next year, who knows how much their bloody population could increase. I mean, I've been wanting to raise chickens for our home, and your foxes are preventing that. What did they call you when you were, say, 12 years old? What do you mean? Well, I mean, age 12 is a pretty formative year. Most people never forget that middle school stuff. Now you got it all. A beautiful house in the remains of an allegedly glamorous estate, a great career at an Ivy League university, a husband who loves you so much he'd kill for you. Small animals with few defenses, true, but with a crossbow no less. You've, um, you've been working so hard, you, you must be tired. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go. And you've got a PhD in nutrition. And anthropology. That must have required a lot of memorization. So, what did they call you? What are you talking about? Was it chubby? Or stupid? Or dummy? You have to mention every five minutes that you know more than everyone else about nutrition. And anthropology, too. It's like you're saying, you think you know why you eat, but I really know why you eat. I have something for you. Wow, really? Yeah. Uh, this is a list of auction companies in the area. The first two are are very good. They're excellent. The third one, oh, I don't know much about. Oh, also two junk hauling services for the. Uh, You've been working really, business. really hard, haven't you? Hmm? What a good little researcher you are! How many hours have you spent looking down at our house, making lists, and getting phone numbers, planning to get us out of here so you can get your Ivy League friends in here, bypass realtors and attorneys, get someone else to make it just the way you like it, so you can live out your little Downton Abbey fantasies? Well, I, I'm going to leave now, <laughs> so you know you can cut the act. Oh, this is absolutely not an act. I'm merely asking questions. It's the Socratic method. Mm. What did they call you when you were 12? Chubbo? Dummy? A combination? Or were you the bully? Were you that mean little girl who had to take away everyone else's space in the sandbox? My husband's going to be home. He'll be wondering where I am. Sure. Go home. It's not a long walk, just rocky. Watch your step. Besides, I'll be here for a while. I've got a lot of work to do. How does this door open? 
past the deadbolt. You have to turn the handle. Are you not good at figuring things out? Could you open this door, please? Absolutely. The lock is old. There's a trick Never get to out of here unless you know the trick. Wow, it is pretty dark all of a sudden. Good night, Chris. I tell your mother I, I stopped by, won't you? Be careful getting home. Lock the door. Lock the door. <clears throat> Call Jack. Home. Come on, it's your lovely wife. Turn on, turn on the flashlight. God, an apron buck. Jack will be so pissed. Hi, Mom. Good morning. Hey, guess what? I found them. The cable boxes. <laughs> all seven of them. I was here all night. Listen, just think of it this way, okay? It's just one more unnecessary thing out of our lives. I know, I feel good. Yep, I'll pack them up, and they're going right back where they came from. Mom, listen. <laughs> Things have a way of working themselves out. We just both have to get stronger, okay? Just get stronger and let nature take its course. Yeah, I was up all night. <laughs> you should see how beautiful it is outside. It's a little foggy, but hey, you know what? <laughs> the foxes are playing up on the hillside. It looks like they've caught something.
Parsonage was produced for 11th Hour Audio by 6630 Productions. Chris is portrayed by Owen McEwen. Lee is portrayed by Sarah Golding. Written and directed by Lindsay Harris Friel. Music and sound design by Vincent Friel. And that's this week's show. Be sure to check out Boom and the 11th Hour Productions site in the show notes at sonicsociety.org. Audio drama depends on a growing listener base, and if you or someone you know would like more audio stories and adventures in your life, please let them know about the many shows available here, both on the Sonic Society and the Mutual Audio Network at mutualaudionetwork.com. Send us your comments at sonicsociety at gmail.com, Contact us on Twitter at Sonic Society or at AstroTour 2010. And also check out the Facebook groups. And from Jack Ward and all of us here at the Society and the Mutual Audio Network, thank you for listening. Hopefully you'll see both Jack and myself back here together next Sunday. But until then, I'm David Alt. Have a glorious day. Sonic Society is written and produced weekly by Jack J. Ward and David Alt, with original music by Sharon B. at SharonB.com. All features, interviews, and audio drama shorts are owned completely by their originators and provided to the Sonic Society by Creative Commons Licensing. The Society itself originates from Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. Thanks for listening. This has been an Electric Vicuna production. Apparently you enjoy listening to audio dramas since you're hearing this message. I'll keep it short so you can get back to the fun stuff. If you would like to see and experience how all these stories, voices, sound effects, and music come together to create theater of the mind, make plans to visit the Modern Audio Drama Convention in Halifax, Nova Scotia, July 24th through 26, 2020. Meet the creators. Find out how to write, record, mix, sweeten, and produce movies that play in your head. See what the voices you hear actually look like. We never look like we sound. 
For all the details, visit madcon.com. That's M-A-D as in modern audio drama, then dash as in dash on over, then con as in convention, duh, then dot as in it'll be the most fun you've had in a while, period, then com as in come on over, we'll love to see you. Madcon, your ears and brain will thank you.